Before the Ranger Creed is recited by a formation of Rangers at a ceremony, you will always hear the narrator say, Will all Rangers, past and present, please join as we recite the Ranger Creed? Every Ranger will stand, and as they say those six stanzas, they are transformed back to a time when they had the pleasure and the burden of this brotherhood. That feeling is hard to describe. However, it's one that never leaves you. It's a connection that spans a globe and can be reignited when you hear the phrase, Hey Ranger, what battalion were you from? Amongst this formation, there are Rangers that stand out. They are legends of this elite organization, and when their names are spoken, people instantly have a story and for a moment, relive it. Legends of the 75th Podcast wants to capture that feeling and those stories. We want to ensure that these legends, triumphs, and sacrifices never fade away. So sit back with your favorite adult beverage and listen to the stories from the Legends of the 75th. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Legends of the 75th Podcast. We're happy that you're turning in. We appreciate you being an exclusive member if you are one. If you're not, uh, just know that listening to this trailer is going to cut off about 10 to 15 minutes and you got to pay to listen to the rest of the episode. Highly encourage you to do it because the, the conversations we have in these episodes really start to kind of hit their groove and really get into the weeds about the 34, 35, 45-minute mark. All right, so the guest, the legend for this episode, we recorded this episode already, and due to technical error, we lost the entire first half of the audio clip, and we could not retrieve it. I even contacted Zoom, and they're like, hey, man, like, it doesn't exist. I don't know what the hell happened to it. So, and then, you know, because he's a busy man, he's doing a lot of amazing things, and we'll dive him into the episode, he had to cancel on me. Because apparently he had to go to Afghanistan one time and then like Ukraine. I don't know. You know, he's just got a lot of different things going on. Oh, and then he had to go fall out of airplanes. That was another reason. So finally, we are sitting down with the infamous Master's Heart retired Jericho Denman. So Jericho, if you don't know him, you don't, I I would be surprised you obviously live under a rock, but he served in uh, 275. That's where he grew up. Uh, He was a Charlie company alumni for quite a while in 275 eventually came over to Bico, and that's actually where we worked together to, uh, as squad leaders and then eventually as platoon sergeants under the the absolutely amazing and sometimes scary bernie felino as their first sergeant so that was always fun and then he uh, went to a 175 where uh, shortly after that he spent some time there uh, did some deployments to afghanistan and then uh, retired at rotc up in new york so Ranger buddy, it's awesome to have you on again and get you locked in. Uh, and so yeah. we can sit down and we can kind of capture the time within the 75th, brother. Yeah, I just want to be like, hey, 2-1, this is 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, nice. right? Yeah, no shit, <laughs> all time's sake. And I mean, you know, there was even actually, I think, a few times where we were like, hey, 2-7, this is 3-7, you know? Like, yeah. there, was a, there yeah. was a few times. Yeah, yeah. field seizures and stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or I wish we could go back and I, you know, I don't want to just start the episode kind of dark, you know, so we'll kind of keep it funny, but where it was you, me, Withy, uh, Dome, uh, you know, sitting in Felino's office, just fucking with each other, just trying to get Felino to lose his shit. And boy, oh boy, were we successful at that. (laughs) Wow. We were, that's, uh, we were so good at it. Like, uh, and then Huff, then you get Huff to come in. Yeah. Yeah. 
those were the fucking glory days, man. That was yeah. like one of the, my favorite times in life, not just in the army. It was yeah. just great. I was, yeah. I was literally just telling, uh, you know, having a conversation with some folks today, you know, you probably heard this saying, like, I wish somebody like a narrator, like Morgan Freeman would come on and he would say, Hey, this is the best time of your life. So that you fucking appreciate it, you know, like during, yeah. cause we look back now and I mean, just between the wars and what we were doing in the group that we had, I mean, it was just, yeah, I agree with you. It was some of the best time of my life. I, yeah. I would, I would tell people all the time, if I could stay at platoon sergeant forever, and just continue to deploy. Same thing, doing the exact same thing we were doing. You know, I would do this forever. Like it was just such, yeah. you know, with the same crew. Yeah, the good old like, you know, from the movie Fury, best job I ever had. Like, yeah, right. Absolutely, it was being three seven in Bico. Like, to like hands down, best job I ever had. And you know, um, thinking about like what makes people like what they're doing, and like ultimately this is going to sound like a crazy oxymoron, but ultimately what it is for me and like what I think it is for most people is just feeling safe, you know? And even though we were in this fucking, you know, we, Biko was definitely doing the most fucking kinetic deployments of anybody. I always felt safe because I could just do my job. I was going to be supported by Bernie. I was going to be supported by, you know, we had major Lubis and we had uh, major Bollard, like, and, and major Saslov like all amazing company commanders who, you know, it takes a lot for me to say something nice about an officer. And those guys were like all fucking awesome. They supported us. They were like, just do what's right. Do the right thing. So, you know, here's my left and right limits. Stay within them and you're good. So I just, I never had that like shitty feeling of like uncertainty or anything. I just knew I just had to go do my fucking job, take care of the boys and that's all I had to worry about. And that made me feel safe. Yeah. You know, so, I, yeah. I think there's two other aspects to that too, is, is like, as a platoon sergeant back then, man, we had all the control. Like if you wanted to go on yeah. target, you had to ask a platoon sergeant and a platoon sergeant would be like, Oh no, I'm sorry. Two-star general. I don't have room for you on the ACL today. You know, like, sorry, you're not coming. Yeah. Yeah. That was, <laughs> you know, and a lot of that, again, I think that was very, very much, uh, we, I, having left, 275 going to a different battalion being an rhq watching other battalions and other companies work i was i was sometimes just like holy fuck like there were some places within the regiment where i was like man i had more autonomy as a fucking fire team leader than platoon sergeants and first sergeants after you know like we had it we had it so good up there you know the 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 culture of 275 at the time we were like we we're like a fucking gang you know and it was like <laughs> that's your just, way to put it you just knew your place and you knew your place within that gang. And like, you just did your shit and no one, it, it sounds so cliche because like it is one, but it was like, no one fucked with us. You know, we just, we just did our job and that was all we had to worry about, you know? Um, and it was, it was amazing. And yeah, I, I, I look back at that. Just, we owed so much of that was just, you know, Bernie Felino and, you know, having, you know, you can never, no offense, but you can never be like, oh, I love that Sergeant Major. But like we had we had CSMs that like, yeah, they they were pains in the ass, but they ultimately just wanted to enable us to do our jobs. Yeah, they absolutely. weren't there. They weren't there to like make our life harder. They were there to enable us. And they did that through their mature enforcement of the standards that they knew would 
impact our ability to not get fucked with if we didn't do these things. Yep. You know, no, I, you know, I've talked to, I've told a couple of people about how a uh, summer your leg at the time, like, you know, and you know, we had some issues, you know, and there, there was some issues, you know, that we had with him, especially you and I specifically and Spicer Spicer had a lot of issues with him too. <laughs> but um, yeah. the, when he started telling Hey, if you have a significant mission, send an email about it out to everybody, all the other platoon stars. Like, I remember, like, I would get emails from people. I'd be like, God, this is a great idea. Like, you know, not only from the lessons learned aspect, but I'm like, that's what their platoon's doing. Oh, hey, that's what Charlie Company's doing. Like, it was just awesome. But it was, again, it was his way of demonstrating, like, hey, here's what fucking platoon sergeants are doing. They're running the show, man. They're they're controlling everything that's happening. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I... I now empathize with Glenn Leg. Like w- when he came in, like fuck. A, first of all, his name's Leg. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's not helpful. B, he was following a guy who was like a fuck. He was the sergeant major for the boys. Like Palliser, fuck, great. Everybody loved him. Yeah, right? that's true. That's true. And uh, and he came into a battalion that had just robbed a bank. They were like, we we had a lot of shit going on. Um, and the people that really really bitched about Glenn Leg, I'm like what are you really bitching about? Like, what's he really doing? Like there were, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a cool guy. Like he wasn't a cool dude. That's what I think most of the people didn't like. And, but if you really sat down and you talked to them about what the things that he was doing, you're like, ah, that all fucking makes sense, man. Like, Oh, you want us to do what? Eh, yeah. I can't really fucking argue with that. Like, and, and if people can't do that, then there's a fucking issue, you know? Um, but the longer in the tooth you get in the army, the more, and I, I, I used to like when I was leaving regiment and when I was, you know, teaching cadets to be officers, I'm like, when you're old, you get to have pet peeves. The trick is don't call them standards, right? Like don't. And that, that was where sometimes leg kind of, yeah, that's fair. Where I'm like, Hey, and I told my guys, like when I was a leader, like a senior and CEO, I'm like, Hey, you can't do this. And it's not because it's not the standard. It's because I don't fucking like it. I'm your fucking boss. Right. So like, you know, there's no standard that says my t-shirt can't be all fucking shitty and droopy, but it bothers me. So don't do it. Right. Like there's, there's, there was nothing within my funniest one. When I was a platoon sergeant, remember those little carabiners that people would use to like tie oh, their yeah. knots down and stuff. Yeah. You weren't allowed, like in my platoon, you couldn't have one of those that wasn't black. Right. Yep. Right. If it was silver, because when I got to third platoon, there were guys showing up with their shit tied down with like a fucking, it's like a, like a sky blue snap link on their kit. I'm like, what in the fucking world makes you think this is okay? <laughs> like every, everything on your kit is black, brown, or green. Some shade of that. But now you have a blue snap link and, they, and people are like, ooh, I'm like, no. Snap links have to be black and you can't spray paint them black. They have to, <laughs> they have to have been born black. Right? Born black. <laughs> so like it boggled people's minds. And I swear to God, man, like the last week I was in position as a platoon star, I was still finding those fucking things on people. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with people? But I never, ever said that's not the standard. Right. I said, I don't like, it. you know, and I think that as a leader, and you see that a lot in range battalion, I saw a lot of different leaders and it always bugged me when people be like that's not the standard and i'm like 
I would like, you know, pull out a blue book and be like, really? I can't find anything about that in here, you know? And that's where you would see guys like that, that kind of like toxic leadership would come on because guys are like, it's not the standard, but I've never heard this before. And you're like, well, that's because it's not actually a standard. It's this dude's pet peeve, which is their right to have as a leader, you know? Um, anyway, kind of a tangent, but the, the thing that made me think about that with Sergeant Major Leg was, remember they had like the sideburn thing came out, right? Like your sideburns could go to, and he was like, stick your finger in your ear. And if your sideburn goes below the middle of your, and I'm like, where the fuck did you come up with that? Like, (laughs) that's not the standard. It says midpoint of the outer ear opening. It doesn't say stick your finger in your ear. And, you know, when I was a young guy, when we still had the high and tights, like you were around for the high and tight a bit, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. And I remember my first platoon sergeant, who's one of the greatest NCOs I've ever worked for. uh, And you should have him on here someday. Uncle Jimmy, James Pippen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the maddest slasher to ever mad slash. He, uh, <laughs> he, are fucking high and tight. His standard was you put your fucking hand in your hair and whatever sticks out of your fingers, you have to cut off. But if you remember the high and tight standard was one inch, the hair on top is not to exceed one inch. And I was like, man, my finger's not an inch thick. Yes. That was like the, one of the first things in my like little mischievous mind as a private, I'm like, that's not what the standard says. That's not the standard. Why are you saying that's the standard? (laughs) No, I love it. You know, the, the the pet peeve conversation, I mean, it's in Ranger regiment definitely gave me a lot of like little pet peeves too. Like I remember you coming in as a CSM for my first squadron and I was like, Okay, listen, the army says you can have mustaches, but I'm telling you right now, I'm going to judge the shit out of you for having a mustache. Like, I'm just, I don't like them. I won't like, yeah, right? But I mean, but you can, it doesn't have to, yours doesn't have to look stupid. The army way to be in regulation makes you look like an idiot. Like, it just does. It makes you look like a total creeper, weirdo. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I actually, it was funny when uh, when Todd Brown took the regiment, uh, he was the RCO. And Kurt Donaldson was the RSM, who I'm like really good friends with them both. And I was a civilian. I was like, take the mustache thing out of the blue book. Let Rangers have mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, fuck off. <laughs> Never. No uh, way. Oh my gosh. That'd be ridiculous. This was an excerpt of the Legends of the 75th podcast. If you want to listen to the entire episode, go to the show notes and sign up for exclusive membership. Why are we charging? Some of the guests want to know that their stories have a level of protection and can share freely without it being available to the general public. To produce a professional product, it costs money. Your subscription helps us ensure we keep it to the level of what's expected from this elite organization. The podcast is the first phase. We plan to add videos, apparel, Ranger history blog, and more episodes each month. So as Legends grows, you will get more bang for your buck. We don't want to interrupt or muddle episodes with sponsorship clips or ads. Your support is much appreciated. We look forward to building this exclusive group with your support. Rangers lead the way.